0: And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast.
1: Praise God. Thank you very much, Sister Monica. Happy Friday to everyone. God is really a true God. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful for much love. So I know my family loves me, right from around the world. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the prayers and the support of the ministries. Um, Thanking Brother Conroy for that powerful song. And, uh, you know, just to let him know that we continue to pray for him and his family. Um, uh, Sister Sandra shared a testimony of that young man. We have been on some serious missions, and um, I remember um, Brother Andrew, we spoke about it a few times when we went to Jamaica, and that was one of my near-death experiences when we had to break down the room to get in to this young man who locked away himself and nobody can get him out his parents, And this is Linstead, in Jamaica, and when we got in there, and he came forth, and right in my face, shouting, it was so fierce that everybody was gone, and Brother Andrew had his serious weakness there. Remember, we prayed for a young man in in Brompton when the demon warned me that they were going to kill me before I got there. And me and brother Andrew wrestled for five hours with a strength with a 13 year old. Five hours. And then we decided, I decided, that's it. I'm done. I'm letting him go. And when we let him go, first of all, the light went out. The devil turned the light off, and we did. We said, we're not afraid of the dark, so you can't touch us. And, um, It was a fierce moment. What happened there with the young man? Because he came at me to kill me, the devil. And the Lord delivered me. He tried and the spirit hit him. He fell on the ground without anybody touching him. You know, we see in the hand of God and the, the situation Sister Sandra spoke about is that. Me and Brother Andrew was doing some work. And we got the SOS call that the young man is in grave trouble. And he's parking and he's adamant that he wants his car key and they will not see him again. So the mom knows that he's suicidal. And whenever he get into this car and drive away, he may just commit suicide because it was, you know... So anyway we got the call and we decide to run from what we're doing, drop everything and drive to this house. Never met the young man, never met the mom. Only the recommendation that she call and need help. But when we got there, we pull up at the street, we saw a young man coming. I didn't know it was him. And he's looking at us like you know, and when we got inside, we saw the mom. I know a lot of mothers have been through so much. When I heard the mother tell us what's happening and tears running, and the young man was on fire in the house. His brother was there and his brother tried to come and he was just going off that I need the key now. And I'm telling you, brethren, when you talk about somebody's hype, ready to knock out his mother or whoever is there, and in my head, I'm saying, how do I calm this? God, give me some wisdom. And the mom invited me that we want to pray for him. He don't want no prayer. He just want me to get his key from his mother. He's got to go. His bag is packed. Everything is packed. I need the key now. Brethren, it was like a a movie standoff. The mom is crying, and he's demanding his key with fire. And what I have to do, I have to start to use wisdom. I start to use the name of Jesus on him. And I start to use the name of Jesus. And I'm say, yes, Jesus loves you. And I start to use the name. You see the name of Jesus Christ, brethren? You don't understand it. If you have calamities in your home, and you start to plead the name over your children, and when they're shouting and cursing, just say, in Jesus' name, I love you. In Jesus' name, things are going to be better. In Jesus' name. And when you start to plead Jesus, just me. So, what happened is that when um, I continue to plead Jesus, I go up to him and I just raise my hand while he's standing and shouting and I start to pray. And I start to call on the name of Jesus. By the time I finish that prayer, I tell him to sit down. And he actually sat down. And I start to pray and pray and plead the blood. And we didn't give him no chance there. We just keep one prior to the next and piercing prior. Listen, man, when we're done, it's like a different young man. His eyes were wild before and dazed. All of a sudden, he started, you know, when you start to get back your focus, like, wow, I'm here. What happened? We pray the blood, pray the blood. That young man was calm. He never said another word. That young man went down, I realized, and unpacked all his clothing. I'm telling you, the the, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I don't know if you ever encountered this name. That is above all names. You know, God, God is so powerful. You know, you know, Um. There was a situation, since I'm sharing, I'm just sharing this. You know we're going to be a little bit long, so bear with me this morning. I have a short word, but I have to share this. As we're talking about the name, you know that um, there was a a situation where I was called to pray for this this young man. Um, And I share this testimony, but because the Spirit of the Lord brought it to me, somebody needs to hear this. Um, There's a pastor that called me once, Adventist young pastor, and he said to me, I have a case I need to deal with. Um, I just baptized this young man, and he can't sleep at night in his house. He's coming under attack. Can I book an appointment so I can you can go with me to the house? So I tell him I don't have no appointment date, but I'll do one the end of the month on a Sunday in advance. So he said, "Okay, then no problem." So he wrote it in his calendar, and we say, "Okay, we we plan to go there." So there was a, a evangelistic series going on in Toronto, and at that time, and when. We prayed. Now, when I was there, the Sabbath before the Sunday before we go on the mission, he called me and said, "You gotta come to the to the the service here. You gotta hear this." I got a message from his mother. So I asked him, Is the mother know that we're coming to the house?" He said, "Yes." Is the mother an Adventist? Yes. You have to ask this question. Eh? So. He said, yes. So I said, okay then, what's the situation? No, so I, I went then with a prayer partner of mine to the location. I came out of the church, my church at that time, and I drove right there, which took me about half an hour. I got there, and he was in the pool with the other pastor baptizing people. And this is real, and I know some people heard it already, but God wants me to share it this morning. And when he was baptizing, and he he waved to me and told me, wait. So when everything was done, he came out, he went, he changed, and he came back to me. And he said, listen to this. And he took out his cell phone and played a message from the mother. And the message says, pastor, I need help. And I heard like 10 voices screaming. They were demons. on his phone. So anyway, he said, listen to the next message. And I hope he saved this message until now, just for the record. When he played the next message, it's a lady again, and she said, Pastor, I need help. And then her voice slowed down and turned into a man voice and says, Pastor, if you come to this house, you are dead. If you ever enter through this door, and when I looked, the pastor is shaking. And another pastor passed by and said, Hey, what's happening, man? You okay? And I came up to the phone, the voicemail, and I said, Satan, let me give you a notice. I'm coming. We're coming in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We'll be there. And um, the next morning, we got ready. No, the pastor said to me, I'm not ready for this. I'm not coming. And I said, that's all right. Don't worry about it. We take care of it. So the next morning, we got ready. And we're driving there to the location. And halfway driving, I saw the young man calling me. I answered the phone. He told me that his mother try to commit suicide she overdosed and the ambulance just came and got her and she's in ICU I said we come in still that's a distraction we come in so we get to the house and we first prayed in his room and search his room and we found the yin-yang ball yin-yang you know the yin-yang ball is a round ball and it and and it has some marking, and it's like the apostrophe uh, symbol turning upside down the yin yang ball is it comes out of japan and it's uh it, it's a uh, it's a high place or it's a uh, a curse thing so if you see your children playing with these balls, you know that it's a uh, so we found that, and we tell him that you can't have this in your house but in your room, so anyway, we cleanse his room, show him what he needs to get rid of. And he was ready. He had a garbage bag, so we packed the garbage bag with many things. And then we moved to um, his mother's room. He had a brother. The young man at that time was about 22 years old, and his brother is around 16. His brother is watching us with a rage like he wants to kill us and he's looking at us, and he's following us. And when we get to the mother's room, we search the place and we found a crystal ball. And as I said, this is real. This is a real Adventist home. We found a crystal ball. You know what a crystal ball is? It was what witchcraft people used to conjure the spirit. And call upon spirit and can use it. You know, if you have a crystal ball, for real, you can look into other people's home and see what they're doing. Through the crystal ball, it's a it's a portal. It's one of those things that you can you know it, it, it's serious level. And I know we did program with crystal already and tell you how it works and and how the portal is is opening that the, the spirit creates our human entity creates so that they can can look into your house and the witches can astral project and come into your home. So these are real things. So we found a crystal ball. And I was like, wow. And, we st- and the, the, the young man now, the brother, started to shout and say, you can't touch my mother thing. And he started to come at us. And now I just raise my left hand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you, and I tell the Lord to chase him from here and all of a sudden, the young man just ran out. I never seen him again. The angel of the Lord chased him. This is real and after that happened now we we that happened. he was gone. The son put everything into a garbage bag, the crystal, any incense you have in the room, and he put it, and he went to a bin and go dump it and come back. He leave us there. He knows the danger. And you know that when the mission was over now, everything was done. <clears throat> um, we, we, we packed up and then head home. I was at church that day when the lady came out of the hospital. And when she came out and going into her room and did not see her crystal ball, she called me. And she called the church I was at. And when she called the church, it happened that my prayer partner answered the phone. And she's like, where's the pastor? And the prayer partner gave me the phone. And when I took the phone, I said, she said, I want, and I say, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I start to plead the name. And you know, while I'm pleading in the name, she just calmed down. All the, the shouting was gone. And she says, I need help. I said, hear what? This is the address of the church. We are here right now. If you really need help, drive and come here. Brethren, she drove and she came there. Listen, you see, that's why God wants us to step out in faith. It's not only about just praying, we got to make the action. We got to get up and do something for Christ. So she came there. We prayed for her, anoint her, and she was feeling good. And in two weeks' time after, she prepared to be re baptized. And I can tell you this, that Pastor Manco was the one who rebaptized baptized her. And they invite me to the baptism. And I went to the baptism. And it was a struggle to get her in the pool. I was praying. Nobody knows. Lots of people. There's big baptism. And the pastor told me after. I couldn't get her under the water. And then she told me that they were holding her back from going under. When she got baptized, the next day she called me and she said, I have something to tell you. Tell me what you think I should do. And this is a real burden. I know I shared it already, but some people may just hear this testimony for the first time. She said to me, I have a book called Spirit of the Dead. She said, I throw it away, but I had this book. This is an Adventist I'm talking about, hello. She was before she rebaptized, baptized. And she said, I had a book, and when I opened the book around the dining table, a demon comes up and sits, and I tell the demon what to do. And I send the demon to break up three families in the church. And all three families broke up. What do you think I should do, she asked me. So I said to her, where's the book? She said, I threw it away. I said, okay, then. I want you to do a prayer of forgiveness, and then I will ask the Lord to put back these families in the spiritual realm. Like So she did the prayer. I prayed over her and rebuke it, and I set out to do my own investigation after and I found two of the family. I wanna tell you, virgin the families were destroyed. And you know what? One of the family who was involved was good friends with them because I investigated it. And until today, that family is broke up. They have two beautiful children, a boy and a girl. They are grown grown up now you know, probably in their 19 or so now. I'm telling you, the father went away and just disappeared. It's devastating. I'm telling you this. And he was friend with them. They, that was one of them. I pleaded for God to bring back the family, but it never happened. I never tracked the other one, and I didn't find out who the third one was. You see, when we do ministry like this and these issues, we track it to make sure we are doing the right thing and what we can do to reunite. And I'm telling you, I remember that young man got married. The young man from the mother, I'm telling you about. The mother rebaptized and I don't know what happened to her now, but the son got married and he got married. The son started to come to my church. Because the pastor didn't show up on the mission, he decided he's not going back to that church. And he started coming to my church. He met a young lady, and he got married. And he got married, and they had a, a little child, beautiful child. And about three years, they started to have a problem in the marriage. And they summoned and called me, and I went to the house to pray. And brethren, you know, I'm just telling you this because, you know, we need to send this message out because a lot of people don't understand. This young lady was from a decent Adventist home. Trust me. I know the family. And they got my pap married and they were having issues and they called me. And when I had a one-on-one session with him, I found out that because of his mother working, he worked witchcraft on her to get her. He told me he did a ritual with her name. He told me, I get him to confess to the Lord, I anoint him, and I ask God for mercy. I don't know if they I think they're still married. they're only probably i'll say you know thirty two now or so they or less yeah, so what I'm saying then. These are some of the testimonies. We have 30, 20 testimonies like this. Things that happen and see in the hand of God the world. And how the enemy wants to destroy family. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like if God's people just take heed, you know, and understand what is going on mercy, mercy. I, I want to do just this scripture. I hope and uh, next time I'll share another testimony again, but there's so many testimonies to share. I'm going to open just a five minutes a word as the time is spent. Um, turn with me to Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. Romans chapter 13 11 to 14. And you know, when I asked the Lord about this, I was asking the Lord how do you prepare um for the fast that is coming up? How do you prepare to pray then? How do you get into that mindset to really pray? And the Lord was just showing me that it goes back to worship. It goes back to you going to the mercy seat and communing and getting to know God. And um, the Lord just gave me this scripture, and I don't know, you know, I'm just going to read it through, and I hope the Lord will just impress and show us. Father, we just thank you for your word and for everything that you have been doing through your name. We just praise you, exalt you in Jesus' name. Okay, so verse 11 says of Romans 13, It says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. You could put first believe or when I got baptized. So the Lord is saying, do you recognize now it's time? It's time. For us to get out of the slumberness, get out of that lane, get out of that mode of sleep. It's important to stay awake, out of sleep. What awake? What do you think it meant? You are not sleeping. You are aware of what's going on. God is saying it's high time. Don't we know that it's high time to awake out of sleep? For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. It's close time for Christ to come. And if we can't get it and know that, listen, salvation, why do you think we're going to church? is for salvation, is to go home with Christ when he comes. And he has given all of us this opportunity to surrender. So God is saying to you, do you recognize the time That is high time for God's people to wake up, especially when you see the coronavirus and the world is upside down? Don't you realize it's high time? Don't you realize it's time for God's people to wake up? That's all he's saying at all. He's saying to us, wake up before it's too late. Wake up before it's too late. It's high time. Do you recognize that the goal is coming up? We want to go home with him. So God is telling us that we need to wake up. We need to start to do things differently. We need to start to read the word. When we're awake, we can talk. We can hear. We can praise God. We can do many things when we're awake, but if you are asleep in you can't do anything. You are like dead. And God is saying we need to move out of that dead state, that fleshy dead state. If we recognize that we're going to fast, we need to be prepared, we need to start to do things differently. We need to get our things together. We need to get ready. We need to get some oil and start to trim our lamps and have some extra backup oil. Because if we are sleeping, we can't worship. We can't do anything. Hear hear what? Hear what verse 12 says. The night is far spent. He said, listen, you are sleeping. Stop now because you get enough sleep already. You know, you used to play church. Stop right now from playing church. This is serious time. He said, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Come on. The Lord is saying cast off the works of darkness and put on light. Mercy. The Lord is saying pretty much take off the filthy clothes and put on some white gown Change the way you do things. Put on Jesus. Put on the armor. The armor is Jesus. You don't understand. When you read Ephesians 6 from verse 10, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in His power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we rest. When you put on this armor, who do you think you put it on? It's Jesus. He's saying, Listen, change our clothing. Take off the darkness and put on Jesus because Jesus is the light. You got to do something differently. Not only that, he said, You get enough sleep already. Wake up and change your nightgown. Take off your pajamas. Don't walk out in the same apparel. You need to put on Jesus. Take off the fleshy man. Wow. Listen, look at verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day, as in the day. It meant that if you used to sleep, you couldn't praise God. You couldn't do anything. If you have darkness, he's comparing. Now is the day. Now is the light. Christ is the light. We are the light of the world. Not in writing, he said. How you put on Jesus is the light, you know. So, so it's really the light. The works of darkness is really the opposite. In Galatians five, you talk about um, covetousness and and all these strive and envy and all these things. That 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 we we go through, you know. So it's the same thing here. He's saying, let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting, not in darkness, pretty much, and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy." Wow. Mercy, mercy, mercy. What is the Lord saying? That when we put on light, when we walk in the day, we have nothing to hide. When we walk in the day, he said, not in writing, not in strife, not in jealousy, not in all these sins, sexual sin, lusting, all these things. God is saying, put on the armor, which is Christ Jesus. Let's reflect the light if we want to come higher, if we want to prepare for this fast. Let us go to the mercy seat. Okay, listen, listen. He said, not in envy. Look at verse 14. But put he on the Lord Jesus Christ, and made not provision for the flesh to fill fish, fulfill loss thereof. He said, you got to understand it, Bridget. I wish I have a lot of time to really go through and break this down bit by bit here. Because he's talking about the garment here. When we put on Christ, it's the armor we're putting on that will shield us from the attack of the enemy. So he's saying, you know, he's advising us here, said, listen, man, Paul, uh, put on... He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you put on Christ, there is no provision you're making for the flesh. If you put on Christ, the flesh can't dwell with you because you change your garment. You're not in the sleeping mode. That's why he said it's high time. Look beyond. Your circumstances. Look to salvation. Look to know that Christ is coming and He's going to take us home. We don't have to pay any mortgage up there. We don't have to pay any light bill, any phone bill. God, it's done. That's pretty much, He said, look to the end. Look to the salvation. He said, in closing, He said, go back to verse 11. And that knowing the time that that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. But now is our salvation nearer than when we we, we we first believed. It's nearer now than when you got baptized 20 years ago. It's nearer now if it's one year ago you got baptized. God is saying, it's time to reckon. It's time to know whom you serve. It's time to know who is our God. He's calling us brethren that a lot of people are still in slumber and in sleep the lord is saying put on jesus that's the defense that's the defense line where the devil cannot touch you because you're putting on jesus i pray to the blood of jesus christ That this morning we will put on Jesus. We'll change our apparel. First we will wake up. But you only can wake up if you have a relationship and you realize that there's signs of the time. It's everywhere as the song says. The signs of the time is everywhere. God is asking you. Do you recognize? Do you go to a hill and take a look over the horizon? And see, God is saying, can you go somewhere in your spiritual life and take a look of where you are with Christ? Take a serious look of where you are. What do I need to do? Am I sleeping? Do you recognize that Christ is coming soon, is it? God takes precedence in your life. Is it priority to serve God and really come higher? Or is it the children? Or is it your husband? Is it your wife? You're not even paying attention and knowing that Christ is calling you. You're distracted by the home, by the church, the offices in the church. The Lord is asking you, do you recognize it's high time? that is nearer than when you first got baptized. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. May God bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, as we'll now go to the prayer request. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed.